You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us Saturday, September 30th for our Sobriety Sprint 5K as we remember, honor, and celebrate those who've lost their lives. This family-focused event will feature a one-mile fun run, inflatables, food trucks, and more. Register to run or honor a loved one at sobrietysprint.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, host, back with another episode. We are down at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame today. It gives me great pleasure to introduce to you return guest for the third time, Mr. J.B. Williams. J.B., thanks so much for coming down, mate. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Good to see you. It's you been too. a while. Yeah, a couple years. Yeah, just looking now. We, last time we recorded was, uh, ten, let's see, the 12, 10, 2020. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about you were uh, in the new year. The, the, the first restaurant you were opening was coming the mm-hmm. Slice House at Eastside Pizza was coming uh, you were working on the movie at that time um, how's the pizza place going? Pizza's going good yeah um, yeah just you know um, it's it's been just you know for me just learning mm-hmm. you know how to um, how to even do it you know but it's, it's going good it's yeah. going good because we talked about uh, I think a lot of the things we did talk about too was like your kind of JB likes food events you mm-hmm. were doing yeah. uh, you know and that obviously leads into you know wow this is my own spot now yeah. and, and dealing with that right and mm-hmm. staffing and all the other stuff that goes into not just yeah. putting your name on a building but like running like, a business like, like yeah actually having to you know run and operate a, bu- a business is, is totally different than just you know so um, yeah but it's it's been fun man and you know I, I, to be able to to um, be able to have you know some part in the community in that way is is important to me so yeah yeah and then so when did the idea come that you had the opportunity to open up scramble the sec it's in the same area right same right it's in the area. same same development yeah. um uh i had actually been you know thinking about scramble for a long time um myself and a friend 
I grew up with. We 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 would go to different cities like Atlanta, Houston, you know, and visit different um, breakfast and brunch spots and stand in the long lines and pay for the expensive food and just you know be a part of like that brunch culture. And there's a there's a excuse me there's there's a um, a really thriving and a black brunch culture, you know. And so we have been saying we wanted to bring that, bring something like that back to the east side for a long time anyways. So, um, you know, I've all, we've always wanted, wanted to do something like that. And, and so we were able to, you know, pull yeah. it off. And uh, it's it's been just amazing to see the, the support and, you know, people just loving it and, you know, and... Um, just so much good energy around it, you know. So, yeah, it's it's dope. Yeah. What is that kind of brunch culture like then? From from the you know that you kind of grow up in that you're around, like you said, that black brunch culture. What's I mean, that? it's you know, um, music and um, you know, uh, I would say like you know, not like. It, it's like energy, like energetic, you Kinda know, like a jazz brunch. Type yeah, like scene. a vibe. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, I wouldn't say like a jazz brunch type scene because when I think of jazz, I think of like kind of chill. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I, a like, more high energy. Yeah, more high energy. You know, R&B, hip hop. Um, you know, fun, mm-hmm. um, fun menu items. You know. And you know drinks. You know we have we have uh, Hennessy on tap in there. You know, uh, so just just really something that that's um, good, something that's different, and just you know, and it and it's, it looks good in there. You know what I'm saying? Like something that you feel comfortable with bringing your family, anybody in there, and everybody's having a good time. And um, like church, I, the best way I can describe this is like a Sunday service. You know. Yeah. So, which is probably the best day to go is like on a Sunday because, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's definitely a good vibe in there. Everyone's heading it after church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's right. I need to I need to check it out. It's, uh, I, 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 who, uh, Colonel Stan Evans told me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, last time I saw him, he's like, hey, we know we, we should go to breakfast. And um, the fee, he said, well, let's go to Scrambled. So, well, yeah, I, he, he came, he came and saw it before we even opened. Yeah. I took him in there. Yeah. Do you kind of talk to him quite a bit? Mm hmm. Sometimes, um, you know, off and on, we, you know, if, yeah, I guess so. I mean, um, like that, yeah, you know. Yeah. He uh, is a pretty incredible human being, and, like, mm-hmm. every time I'm around him, I try to pick his brain on something. Cause yeah, he's, 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 he's a, a lot. Yeah, he's important, man, and, um, you know, I'm I'm blessed to just, anytime I'm, I'm around him, I'm trying to soak it all up, you know. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, so so you have uh, Eastside Pizza, Scrambled, both going well, both in the same development, so for everyone listening, they're very easy to find. Um, I mean, what else has happened in the last few years? Um, did I do the did I do the Julius Jones stuff before last time? A little time? bit, maybe. I did the walk. That was. Uh, let's see. What what date was that? Would you? Well, I think we might. We walked at, on New Year's Eve when we started walking, but I don't remember what year it was. Yeah. To be honest, might have been twenty one. Everything goes into uh, just blends in once you put think about COVID. I remember yeah. those two years, right? But. Um, I mean, yeah, I just talk about it. Tell me about the walk and how that went. Because I had Kelly on the podcast, Kelly Masters, who mm-hmm. talked about the trial and being involved, and, and she told the whole story. Um, and I want to say that was probably a couple of years ago, so you're probably right. Yeah, Yeah. so um, 
it was actually I thought of I thought of or had the idea around this time, probably two years ago. So I would say twenty twenty one, twenty twenty into twenty one. You're right. Yeah, I just checked. If YouTube says November seventeenth, twenty one was students walk out. So that was the student walk out. So then you did yours probably at Christmas that year. Right? No, 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 no. That the student walk out. That that right there is the. That's whenever. Um, that's whenever he was. The day of his execution. Okay. November what? Uh, that was November 17th. You did a 100-mile walk, right? Was it 100 yeah. miles? Yeah. December 30th, there's a video. So it was so, 2020. Uh, 2020. So it was just after we did our podcast. Right. So yeah. New Year's Eve 2020. New Year's 2021. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, but that, the, the kids walking out, which was crazy. Yeah. I was there for that was, um, man, but that was... They walked out on. He was scheduled to be to be executed on Thursday. They walked out on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. Because I, I was at the Capitol um, Wednesday. I remember somebody ran up and he said, "There's a bunch of kids walking over from uh, from Northeast." And I was like, "What?" I go outside. It's a, just a long line of kids coming down from from uh, from uh, Kelly. And then we get all those kids rounded up in there. And, I mean, it's probably 200 kids. We get them in that, what's that called, the Rotund? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then I'm about to talk to the kids, and they're like, a bus just pulled up with more kids. And it was just, it was, you know, it was an amazing day, you know. And then we were in McAllister the next day, the day of the execution, or the scheduled execution. And we were all watching on our phones, the kids walking out all over the state. But um, but that 131-mile walk, we started at the Capitol um, on New Year's Eve, and which was a Thursday night. And we got to McAllister that Sunday afternoon. Um, but yeah, that, that was, you know, that whole time, man, is, uh, you know, I think about it and it's, um, it's still, it's still like surreal, but still re- really vivid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was it, like, I can't even explain, you know, that night before in front of the, um, the governor mansion, you know, all that stuff, just all the organizing, all of the, um, you know, the emotions. and But, yeah, so that happened. Um, I did uh, Eastside, did Scramble. What else have I done since then? I mean, music, of course. Um, How's the music going? Music is going good, um, really good actually. I, I just I dropped a project called "Am I Good Enough," which I was recording around that time. Twenty, I started recording it in twenty twenty, and then I finished it. Um, I think about twenty twenty two, and it was a four part EP um, with a different producer on each EP, um, and so we re- we just dropped the vinyl or had the vinyl release show last weekend before last um and you know and that that project has led to a bunch of cool stuff i can't um even say yet but um but yeah yeah it's it's about to be really really good so yeah there's that and then live free okc is what i've been working on um ever since then so 
Yeah, let's talk about that. So, so where where does that start? Where does the idea come from? And 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 tell me about the process. We've got plenty of time to talk about it today, and I'm kind of excited to dive into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, what is it? What does it start at? Uh, so, uh, it started at you know really with the Julius Jones Coalition, uh, C.C. Jones Davis. Did you meet her? You met her? She doesn't live here anymore, but she was like the, you know, the the, the lead for the coalition. Okay. Um, she introduced us to a, a man from Oakland who's a national uh, organizer. Uh, his name is Pastor Michael McBride. He came and, um, you know, we all were just working together on this Julius Jones thing. Afterwards, we went to Oakland and we met, you know, his team and what he does out there. And what he does out there is, is um, CVI work, community violence intervention. They do a lot of things with their with their Live Free USA organization. They do a lot of things with it. But one of the things that we really um, loved and wanted to know more about was the community violence intervention program. And so we went to some trainings. We spent we spent a year and a half going to different trainings and learning about the work um, because, you know, really, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, myself included, we've been doing in our community for, for years already, you know. Um, and so the, w- w- how it looks is you take what's called a credible messenger and those credible messengers are are uh, peacemakers and they are um, the ones who are able to intervene in um, violent situations before they you know go bad or or intervene before there's a retaliation you know our focus is um, gun violence and um, and in Ward Seven so on the east side primarily. So, you know, that's what we're doing, you know, and um, it's it's really a it's, it's taking gun violence and applying a public health approach okay. um, to it. Um, and so, you know, it's we launched in October, I mean, I'm sorry, we launched in August and it's been, you know, um, the community has been really responsive and, you know, I feel like we couldn't have launched at a better time really. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So with, so it's, you, you know, you're taking classes and you're learning for a year and a half. That's a lot of learning, a lot of setting the foundation, a lot of process and, um, just centered around gun violence like that's the the right now so um our pilot is centered around gun violence in war seven i mean of course we want to we want to uh you know work on other things we want to be in the schools you know and things like that and you know just other issues and other injustices that we see but uh but you know um, right now we're focusing on on addressing some of this gun violence and trying to reduce it um, and then also you know help with you know um, those who are caught up in cycles of violence helping them with resources and and you know things like that wraparound services you know um, also addressing some of the trauma that people are dealing with um and then we have we also we also have uh, we have the we have the peacemakers who are credible messengers, 
And then we also have um, a life coach, and her job is whenever we identify those people and they and they they're our client, we we get help them with whatever resources they need, whatever wraparound services they need, and then our life coach helps put them on a plan and um, you know and help them, helps them set some goals and so and and, and really. Um, Make sure you know they stick to that plan. So, um, so that's you know that's kind of in a nutshell um, how the program works. Uh, but yeah, so you know, is there a specific kind of age range you're trying to target, or like what what's kind so of our, our, stats around that you really want to focus well the, on? Um, um, currently, and the stats are changing, but you know. The past couple years, the the data on um, actual gun violence, people who are shooting people, or who have gun charges and things like that, are um, people think it's like like high school kids and stuff like that, but it's it's more um, you know twenty five and up. Okay. Um, um, where we've been seeing uh, a rise in the number of uh, youth and kids. You know who and who have you know uh, gun cases, and, but um, so you know our target age um, is you know we we, we like I said we want to be in the schools and work with kids, but our target age and people we work with are going to be like you know those adults you know who are you know you might have you know um, somebody who's twenty five. 30, you know, and they have a conflict or an issue, and that and that conflict or an issue is um, escalated because you know they don't have a job, and they're you know what I'm saying if they if they had like some means of income yeah. or they don't have a car or you know they don't they don't even they don't even have a couch in the house they heat they don't have AC in the heat you know there are so many so many factors that um, oftentimes people don't realize. Um, you know, are the root cause of some of the violence, you know. And so, you know, our goal is to help, um, is to help, you know, kind of lessen the load on a lot of those people's lives in that way and give them other options. And, um, and um, but... You know, but yeah, like the there the incident that happened at the game, like we've been working closely with those kids and with the brothers of the kid who got shot, you know, um and the and the mom and so yeah, like initial like it's like if it, if if they are um in proximity or at risk of being involved in gun violence, that's the people we want, you know what I'm saying? Um uh, and that might be a juvenile, it might be a young kid, it may not be, but um, but I sad to say that people often, whenever they hear about this program, they think like, you know, we're a rec center for kids and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? Um, or, you know, we're trying to just mentor kids, but um, yeah, there, there needs to be some of that. But what we're doing is we're focused on anybody who's involved in gun violence. And, you know, um, the guy who got shot on Sunday, he was in his 40s. You know what I'm saying? Um, So, you know. um, So sadly, this is happening weekly. um, Yeah, it's been the this past couple weeks. It has been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and it makes sense to, to, like I said, to focus on the 25 and kind of up. 
situation, you know, where, because there was a lot, not saying there's a lot more pressure at that age, but at that age, like you said, people, society think that you should have a job, you should have whatever, yeah. a house, apartment. Like when you're a kid, you know, yeah. you're probably living at your parents' or your grandparents' house or whatever it is, and, you know, you've kind of generally got less stress on you you're in school and that's it but like I said if you're a little older I can understand where yeah. those underlying things that have maybe built up in your childhood get to when you're 25 and 30 or whatever and then if you do make some money you have you got money to do things mm-hmm. and sometimes those things aren't what you should be doing and, and or then, access to and then those 25 year olds are the ones who are you know who are OGs and you know yeah. who can influence those kids and if, if we can pull them in and connect with them yeah. you know then they can pull those kids in you know um, so so because so talk, let's talk about if you can talk about like the I know this isn't the same but you know, it's a it's a good example. It's relevant right now. Is this the high school shooting that happened uh, a couple of weeks, three weeks ago? How do you then, as a team, like, what is your process of being proactive and using, you know, like, this is like, hey, this is what we do. Like, this is, you know, this is why I'm here. This is why we're here to, to do this work. Like, well, so what we do first is, is we have a um, a meeting to. To see who, if anybody knows anything, anybody knows the kid, if was anybody there, or do we know anybody that was there? Start getting information, um, and then we say, okay, well, you know, yeah, we know the kid. He has two brothers. His brothers are one is older, one is younger. Okay, and he got shot by a kid. Then the chances are there might be some retaliation. So who knows that kid's family? Okay, bam, who knows? You know what I'm saying? And so um, the first. Um, you know, steps are, you know, they look like that and trying to um, intervene before there's any retaliation, you know. I mean, that could even be us showing up at the hospital, you know. Um, You know, whenever uh, I was 18, my brother got shot and, um, you know, um, I called somebody to the hospital for me, you know, and, you know, I think about that all the time. But yeah, sometimes it, it, it means showing up to the hospital and just, you know, sitting with the family and, you know, going and get them pizzas or donuts or, you know what I'm saying, coffee, you know, um, and, you know, talking through um, what they're feeling because sometimes, you know, especially when you know who did it, you know where they at, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, oh man, like, really like that, you know what I'm saying? He ain't even nobody. I can go get, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it's very easy to retaliate when you know when someone is and you have access to a yeah. means of retaliation. Yes. So um so that you know that's that's what it, that's what it looks like off top okay. you know and then from there say you know um you know the, those two brothers need some um therapy you know so we help with that um the mom might you know need something um you know she might she might say well um the reason he was there was because you know he was doing this or he was you know what I'm saying so you know just looking at looking at ways that we can help the family and help people involved um, with some of their needs yeah. um, so that you know um, that that whatever they're going through isn't as uh, stressful you yeah. know and then helping them through some of that trauma as well. Mm-hmm. How do you like proactively kind of 
get in and amongst the community, specifically in Ward 7, where you guys at? How do you get involved so that you aren't just reacting to this stuff, so you're actually in front of it and preventing this from happening? Well, a lot of, I mean, that, and that's the reason why we started in Ward 7, because that's where we're from. Yeah. Everybody who's on our team is from the neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? And that's why they're called credible messengers, because they're credible yeah. in that community um, and trusted, and, and they have reputations, you know? Um, so that's that's the main way, is you gotta be somebody who's from there. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, people gotta be able to trust you and know, you know, well, I know him from when I was a kid, so I know, I, you know what I'm saying? Um, I know he's good. He's good people, you know. So who's on the team? Um, so we got myself, um, my friend Brandon Banks. I've known him since I was in sixth grade. Another friend Javier Morales. I've known him since he was since we were in fifth grade. Uh, my homeboy Cassius. Uh, I met him probably almost ten years ago. Uh, my homeboy Mailman. I've known him probably for fifteen years. Uh, uh, Janetta, she's our life coach. Uh, she's from the neighborhood. And then uh, my friend, Jess Eddie, you know, he handles all of our operations and finances and stuff. So everybody that's on the team is, you know, people that I've known for a long time and that I trust. And, you know, they got, they solid in the community too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, it makes total sense, right? You've got to have people who are respected and, and you know, the people know them from, cause you're right. If someone comes in, they have no idea who they are. They're going to listen to that person. Right? Especially, especially in this, in, in, in these type of spaces, you know what I mean? Um, you know, you're not, you, you know, there's protocol, there's, um, you know, chain of command, you know what I mean? Like, like when, especially when you get when you start getting into like like gang culture for real, um, you know it's it's territorial and you know you got to be able to know somebody who knows somebody you know so for for people listening that like maybe live under a rock or just don't understand or don't see or have never even driven to the east side, there's plenty of people out there that haven't. Like explain to me kind of how. I wouldn't say how bad it is, meaning how bad like the gang culture is and, and, and crime and stuff, but just like the scale of just what is actually going on and what it is that you're actually, the goal for you guys to, there's a reason that you started this up, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if there was no violence, you wouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of just, just a little talk about that if you can, just kind of what's going on and how, how that's seen and, and what it is you're dealing with. I mean, it's something that probably is gonna go on forever, right? It's never, you're never not gonna have violence. Mm -hmm. But like I said, if you can tackle the, the younger generation to stop it going forward in 10, 15 years, that's going to be fine. But for people listening that have no idea of like, what's actually so, happening on the east side of Oklahoma City, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I need to start by saying statistically, the data shows that most of the violence happens over on the west side okay. of the city. Uh -huh. So, but, you know, people, people associate the east side with black Okay. So, um, if there's, you know, any type of violence or shooting on the east side, um, you know, there's this, um, there's this idea or stigma that, you know, it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's like preconceived notion. Yeah, it's just, and it's not like that. Right. You know and that's kind saying? of what I want to dive into is like, yeah, you know, what is like actually that. happening you know, um, you know, and then why have you like obviously you started up there because it's your but, spot. But, 
But, you know, like any community, there are these, um, these, you know, violent circumstances sometimes. And so for me, it's understanding that that, that because that's a possibility and because, you know, um, you know, you do have, um, you know, you still do have gangs. You still do have all that, all those things that every community has. Um, then you know, um, for us, you know, there was definitely a need, and I started there because that's where I'm from. Right. You know, yeah. But we eventually do want to have a, a team on the west side. We want to have a team on the south side. You know, as well. But um, but that'll take us you know, building with people from those communities, you know. Um, so, but I would just say, you know, it's, you know, there's a, there's a, there is a, a misconception, you know, about the East Side, you know. Sure. the Like, for instance, people, like when I started doing the restaurants, people always say, you know, it's food deserts, food, I used to say it, you know what I mean? But what I learned uh, over time was, is that it's not a food desert, it's a food apartheid. And the difference is, is a, a desert is created by God, okay. you know, um, not man. And apartheid is created by man intentionally. Um, to a group of people and um, when you look at the history of the east side you know that's what we were dealing with we the resources were stripped from us for a reason intentionally you know um, displacement you know all those things that a lot of people are still dealing with um, on the east side so um so when you think about um, the type of conditions that, you know, we've had to grow up and live in for years, um, you know, those those conditions were brought on from 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 prior years and years of yeah. um, disinvestment, you know. Um, before we we were doing doing East Point where East Side pieces and scrambled is, and that's where I live. Free offices too, but before we were doing that, you know, I hadn't seen any development over there for thirty plus years. You can't go anywhere over here and, and say that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so because they won't let it happen, you know what I mean? Like there there's people always yeah. investing and developing and, you know, taking care of things. Um, and then the misconception is as well, we don't, you know, either we don't take care of things or we don't want nice things or, you know what I'm saying, or we don't know how to appreciate them. But, you know, um, you can look at East Point and everything else we're doing and see that's not true. Right. Um, you know, but you know, it's it's taken you know all these years to even just move the needle that much. Um, so, um, you know, yeah. You mentioned a little bit about kind of the history of the East Side and how that, and you know, you've been very involved in that. And you know, this year celebrated Clara Lupa's hundredth birthday, and there's a documentary coming out that Prairie Surf are working on. What's that been like? being involved and celebrating, you know, her for a hundred years and, and just everything that she's done, the legacy she's left. 
Um, it's been good. It's, it's always good to um, talk about, you know, Claire Looper, you know, um, not only... Um, not only like you know, am I is she a hero of mine? But you know, um, she was best friends with my with my uh, grandmother. Um, you know, and my aunt was one of the original sitters. You know, so that's a part of my legacy too. Um, but specifically for Miss Looper, it's just for me. It's important that I continue to. Um, to share about her and the things she she did because of mainly because her philosophy, you know, on injustice and her philosophy philosophy on using love to fight injustice, um, you know. And so, you know, we celebrated the 100 years of her birthday, and you know, we had a. Um, what we call the unity in the community celebration. And we had people from all walks of life, all, all corners of the city, all corners of the state come and represent, you know, and talk about, you know, um, you know, uh, embracing unity. Um, we celebrate the 65th year of the sit-ins. And, you know, still to this day, there are people who never, who still, when you mentioned Clara Looper, you mentioned the, the sit-ins in 1958, people, there are people who never even heard of it, you know, yet. So for, the, for that reason, it's important that I continue to, um, to uh, teach and talk about her and the things that she did. And, um, you know, like I said, her philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, and you kind of look back, you have that, you know, you can draw motivation from it, you can draw lessons. Like I said, you, a lot of the stuff in the world can be solved by just love, right? Mm -hmm. It's a simple four-letter word that carries mm -hmm. so much weight in so many different scenarios. And, you know, it might sound corny or whatever, but it's, it's pretty spot on. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, if you have some compassion and, and some empathy and a little bit of love mixed in, like, like we can resolve whatever it is we're going through right now. And mm -hmm. that ties into everything that you're doing, you know, with live free and, and gun violence and not having that, you know, very knee jerk reaction or just kind of blowing a fuse and thinking I have to react now. I need to send a message. I need to retaliate. And the only easy way you know how to is because you have a gun in your pocket or you mm -hmm. have one in the house or whatever it is. And, I'm not saying we shouldn't have guns. Like, there's a, that's a, don't want to get into that topic because everyone has them and there's a right for that and there is what it is, right? Yeah, but I, it's having it, using it in the right way. Yeah, I think the, you know, I I just I think the the um the idea is just you know um, learning more peaceful ways mm -hmm. to settle disputes settle conflict resolve issues other than violence especially whenever that violence can resort to um someone being shot you know um and so it's important for me because you know you know I know I, like I said I, if I have friends and family who have been shot and killed you know um and um and so I just feel like, you know, there are there there's there's always or there should be always another way to resolve, you know, an issue that you have with someone and not and it and it not 
feel like the solution is to to kill them or shoot them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if I can intervene in any of those situations and and help, um, you know, them them uh, be resolved peacefully. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So this is, you know, obviously this has been in the making for quite a while and you've done a year and a half of training and, and a bunch of other stuff too. And it's just kicked off. You know, you had your first event kind of in, in early in August. Um, what's the future look like? What's kind of, I know, you know, like you mentioned, you'd love to have a spot in the South side and the West side, but you know, I guess for the re- next six months, I mean, what are, what are you working towards? Would, are you having events? Are you having, yeah. how are you raising awareness about this? Um, so the next six months, you know, will look like, um, um, we're going to start working at Kojak, which is the juvenile center, working with some of those kids there. Um, you know, and a lot of those kids over there have gun charges and they'll be out soon, you know. Um, what else? Uh, definitely, we'll have, we'll, you know, we're, we have a, uh, working on a, on a peace uh, forum where we bring community members together, principals, uh, parents, um, you know, clergy, people like that to, to, to discuss um, ways to, um, you know, bring peace to our community. Uh, we'll be doing things like that. Um, other, you know, peace events, you know, with the schools and going in the schools, talking to students. But a lot of the, a lot of the work, you know, will be, won't, you, you won't be able to see because, you know, you know, we'll be in situations and places and talking to people who, you know, for the most part, you know, are in the trenches, you know, um, you know, just like this situation with this kid, like, you know, it's, it's crazy hearing everybody talk about, you know, Choctaw and, um, Dell City and want wanting people to go and, you know, talk to kids at Choctaw and talk to kids at Dell City and, you know, but not even realizing like, you know, um, how, where this, where this situation is, this um, conflict even stemmed from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. They just and, think it's two schools. And how, how deep it goes, yeah. you know, and, you know, um, you know, and, and then you really, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, it's deeper than just going to Yeah, schools, you know what I'm right? saying? Like, yeah. it's, it, you know, um, and, and had it not been, you know, honestly, had it not been at a, at Choctaw Dell City game, we probably wouldn't have never even made the news. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, you're right. But, you know, whenever, you know, you start scaring white kids and it's different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, it's on video too, and right? It's, uh, like and, it's video yeah, and that video was crazy. Shots. Everybody, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, um, so I just think that, you know, um, there's a lot of work that we have to do that, um, you know, won't be, you know, public and you know whenever we whenever we meet we you know is it you know no phones none of that you know what i'm saying because it's it's just that it's that kind of work you know um so we have you know we have a um a great board um you know um and working with other, you know, organizations and groups to help with some of those uh, resources and help with some of the issues. You know, we work with um, Team, we work with Urban League, we work with Diversion Hub, Red Rock, 
you know, North Care, Urban Bridge, you know, um, uh, Stop the Violence, you know, all these different people who are, you know, you know, uh, tasks, these people who are doing work, you know, or who have been doing work, um, um, who just not just not this specific kind of work. This model is has never been done in Oklahoma City. Um, I doubt in Oklahoma, you know, but um but then once you start doing it, you realize that a lot of the work does overlap. Yeah. And so it's important that, you know, we continue to collaborate with other people um, who are, you know, also in this same type of fight for the community. Right. And, and uh, who who's on the board and how many of you are on the board? Uh, we have a small board right now. Um, Carrie Watkins. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Um I can't think of Megan's name. Megan, she's at Diversion Hub. Megan, um, she's I think she's the director of Diversion Hub. Okay. Uh, Lynn Jackson, um, uh, Marilyn Luper Hildreth, um, Pastor Reed at Fairview, Jonathan Dodson with Pivot. Um, I think that's it right now. Oh, and Sky Latimer. Nice. You've got a good team together. And like I said, it seems like, you know, once you collaborate with everyone, the earth is overlapping. Because like I said, you're not, no one else is doing this specifically like you are. But like, you know, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of overlapping. And that's, I assume that's how you can kind of generate funding too, is right. It's like, look, we're, we are working on sort of the same issue here. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you need funding, right? Yeah, you we need, hope to you know, generate, you know, more funding. I know to, to get a, to get a school program will need more funding, you know. And that's another thing too is like these, you know, our our peacemakers are professionals, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they they need they need um benefits, they need, you know, salaries, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um it's not like you can't you can't do the type of work and you know, be working another job and then, you know what I'm saying, cuz something yeah. happens, you need to be able to be there, you know what I mean? You need so to be all in. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, our people are you know, are paid full-time, um, you know, they have benefits um, and all that. So we, you know, as we as we grow and try to get, you know, secure more funding, yeah. you know, it's trying to, it's helping people understand how vital and important, you know, this work is. And these aren't, it's not, a, it's not an after-school program. It's not a, you know, a mentor on the weekends. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is like for real in the mix with with you know people who you know you never that you know what I'm saying you can right. that you won't be ever be in the kind of same kind of room with ever in the world you know what I'm saying in your yeah, life yeah, yeah yeah do you see this as something that like you will be working on for the rest of your life being yeah. involved in the rest of your life and you know like obviously like you know lives we have seasons things come and go and you do projects but it does seem like this is something that yeah I think I, I yeah I think so you know and I, I, I want I want to grow you know and I want to be able to as we grow address other you know injustices you know and this is just one this is just the first phase of live free OKC if that makes sense so uh, is it livefreeokc.com dot org dot org Okay. Um, org. Do you have any social media stuff for it as well? Yeah, everything is Livefree OKC. Okay, yeah. awesome. Uh, finishing up then, when are you stepping on stage next? Ooh, when am I stepping on stage next? Um, 
Oh, I'm doing something on Sunday with the field at the Citadel Park. Nice. Yeah, Sunday night I'll be with I'll be at Citadel Park with the field. Um, but just as like for myself, I'm probably gonna wait till January. Okay. Yeah. Got some stuff working on. Yeah. On the new year. Mm-hmm. Exciting, yeah. dude. Well, great. Uh, thanks for coming down. I really appreciate you sharing some. Yeah, sharing for sure. Some Thank stories you, and, and coming on again for the podcast. Uh, there's a very select group of people who've been on three times, and now you're in that group. So, uh, <laughs> Who else is in it? Uh, I mean, Jake Keys from Skydance has been on a few times. Mm-hmm. I think Kelly is at two or three, two now maybe. Uh, it's really not that many people. So I love uh, Jake. That's a good dude. Yeah, it's a very good dude. You're right. Uh, but no, thanks for coming down. I appreciate it. Uh, for people listening, I'll put the link in the description for Live Free OKC and then your socials as well. If, if you know, I assume people follow you, but if they're not, JB socials in, in the description as well and um, if anyone's listening and wants to get involved wants to reach out um, livefreeokc.org is where you need to start so thanks for coming down I appreciate it thank you for everyone listening we'll catch you next episode cheers hope you guys enjoyed that great episode thank you so much for listening as always huge shout out to our sponsors the Oklahoma Hall of Fame share an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927 for more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame go to www oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor. They do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma and without their support, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us Saturday, September 30th for our sobriety sprint 5K as we remember, honor, and celebrate those who've lost their lives. This family-focused event will feature a one-mile fun run, inflatables, food trucks, and more. Register to run or honor a loved one at sobrietysprint.com. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.